Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcome, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Around the Dial, Cedarland Dean Toussaint, and asked me questions if I was confusing. I'm having another Around the Dial because there's enough news across the league to justify it, plus a little bit of stuff that I'm just throwing in at the back end. St. Louis has sent down Austin Dean to the alternate training site, which of course is being closed for St. Louis this weekend. Dean has a minor injury, but according to what I was reading, he is being sent down to make room for more pitching because, after all, they have a guy with a sore groin who's on the current roster. So maybe they figured they'd better have a healthy pitcher instead. Bit of news out of Pittsburgh. Kyle Crick is going on the 10-day IL with a lat strain. Hasn't been horribly durable or effective this season when he did pitch. But as the Cubs have four games coming up against Pittsburgh, and St. Louis has some games against Pittsburgh as well, pirate moves matter. Pittsburgh is also doing something that the Cubs really can't do right now. They're calling up Blake Cedarland. He's the... Pirates, up-and-coming hope, kind of akin to a Raylan Marquez. Cedarland was drafted in the fifth round in 2013-2014 out of Merced College. He was going to be added to the 40-man roster over the offseason anyway. They decided now as good as ever. He had a good year in 2019 in advanced A and double A, struggled at triple A. Hadn't made the major league roster yet, but they decided, you know what? We're going to add him in the offseason anyway, so let's bring him up now and roll it. So Blake Cedarland will probably be one of the players that the Cubs will be facing in the upcoming series in Pittsburgh. And it sounds like he's the guy that they have a bit of hope for in the future. The Reds have designated Nick Williams, an outfielder who had come from the Phillies. And I was looking at his numbers and I just wasn't seeing anything. he He has ability. It hasn't shown up yet. And I'm not really seeing the Cubs being the destination where he would make sense. So he probably has skills. He probably gets claimed somewhere. But the Cubs aren't that team. The Reds selected pitcher R.J. Alaniz, who I'm not even familiar with. Jose DeLeon, who's pitched a bit for them this year, was added to the injured list. The Reds play the Pirates tonight. The Reds are starting last. Lorenzen, Michael Lorenzen is starting for the Reds. And 
even though it's not a huge rooting interest, because I don't think the Reds or the Pirates are going to be the team that's changing anything. Since the Pirates' magic number or tragic number, as per the Cubs, is one, I think I would rather see the Pirates win a game. The Pirates have a five-game series against the Cardinals this weekend, and they follow that up with a four-game series against the Cubs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in Pittsburgh. Their pitching might be shredded by the time the Cubs reach Pittsburgh. No matter who they're going with, and even if it is only seven-inning games, A number of Pittsburgh pitchers will not be able to go in that four-game series and, or will have very limited duty because they will have been used up quite a bit in the Cardinals series, regardless how that series ends up. So the Cubs should be, well, let's put it this way. If they run up counts and get to the Pirates' bullpen, they'll probably get to see a bit of Blake Cedarland and see how good he is. The Braves, I know this is stepping outside of the division, have sent down Tuki Toussaint, who got lit up in a game the other night, and they've called up someone else. It's interesting when a prospect is sent down to the alternate training site this late in the season. They'll still have time to bring him up and possibly have him pitch the last game of the regular season, perhaps, but it's kind of getting late to still be tinkering. I saw the Yankees are activating three players from the injured list today. Again, it's getting kind of late to tinker. But if you're if one of them is Giancarlo Stanton, if he's going to be ready for the playoffs, he better get going now. And also, if anyone suffers one of those, oh, 10-day to two-week injuries right now, this is the wrong time to do that, regardless which team, regardless which guy, regardless which position. Those 10-day to two-week injuries right now, they are deadly. Because if it's more two weeks than 10 days, the player's going to miss the postseason. And re regardless how it ends up playing out, this is not a good time for a contending team to get any injuries, as opposed to... For a Pittsburgh, if a guy misses two weeks, eh, that's fine. We'll slap him on the 45-day DL and call up Blake Cedarland. Thanks for listening. And when I see the numbers from the most recent podcasts, it's refreshing. Hopefully there's someone you have in mind that, hey, maybe you want to check some of these out. Hit like, hit share, hit subscribe, hit retweet, hit all those things that you hit on social media. And consider a... Sponsorship, if you're really digging it, but mostly just keep listening. I really do appreciate it. I check out the um, the reach that I have, the, the numbers of people that read the uh, that listen to the podcast every day, and as they go up, those no that number goes up. I'm really happy. One final thing to keep in mind: again, as the series. As the season approaches a conclusion, and as teams are pushing for the final 
postseason slots. People like to talk about how such and such a game is must win. Must win could either be considered a statistical likelihood or it could also be considered something that alters strategy. For instance, if you are in a game where if you lose that game, you get eliminated, you're probably going to be more aggressive in terms of using your bullpen. Unless it's like the Pirates right now who they know they're going to be eliminated anyway, so they called up Blake Cedarland to go with Key Brian Hayes to see, hey, what do we got for the future? But if you have a situation where Say there are eight teams making the postseason, and say you're the ninth team right now. You have to do exceptional things, excessive things to possibly gain back the spot, yes? If you're the ninth or tenth team, and you want to be the eighth team, there are two options. Take chances, or, well, we're probably not going to make it anyway. Those are the two options. You know, you, you're, you're going to have your players go out and try to win. You're going to put your lineup on the field that you're going to think is going to be the one that's going to help you win. But when there are decisions, you have to assess short-term gain and long-term risk. Yes, I am talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. Over the weekend, the Brewers used their premier bullpen options on Saturday night in a in an unsuccessful attempt to win a game against the Cubs. Because of that, when Sunday rolled around, their three best bullpen options were unavailable, along with a number of other guys who were unavailable. So the Brewers only had four pitchers that were realistically available, and they kind of got pounded. On Monday... Well, I, w since they got pounded on Sunday, they had the day off. On Monday, again, the Brewers used most of their primary bullpen options, either in game one or in game two, mostly for an inning. So today is another game, and the Brewers, I saw their postseason percentage is 38.3%, something like that. I think it was 383 they have a game today against St. Louis. Now, let's say they get late in the game. Do they go to their one, two, three bullpen options? If you're saying every game is a must win, then of course they use their bullpen options. After all, they've only been used one day in a row, right? Must win, have to do everything. Mortgage the future. The problem with that is tomorrow they have a doubleheader. On Monday, they used all three of their best three relievers. If they use any or all of them on Tuesday, they won't be able to use them on Wednesday when they have a doubleheader. When people start talking about must win, dig it a step deeper. Do the Brewers use 
Josh Hader today. Do the Brewers use Devin Williams today? Do the Brewers use the guy whose name is escaping my mind right now today? They have three good relievers. Three of them that are very reliable. Actually, their fourth best reliever. They probably use, they used him too. If teams use a pitcher two successive days, it's very unlikely they will use them three days in a row. If they use them one day and then give them a day off, then it's totally legitimate to use them the next day. It's not league rules. It is how arms work. The Brewers could use all three of their relievers high usage down the stretch to try to grasp the final playoff spot. They could do that. However, by doing that, they are increasing the likelihood or the possibility of any or all of those three players suffering injuries that would impact the 2021 season. So, do the Brewers use their good bullpen guys tonight? If they do, do they use their good bullpen guys the third day in a row in the doubleheader when there's probably going to be at least one close game? A lot of people like to dismiss this sort of thought and say, oh, just play today and deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. Well, how are you going to deal with tomorrow, tomorrow, if, if there's a close game and you use Josh Hader and Devin Williams two days in a row? Yardley. Yardley, that's the uh, third guy. They used all three of them during the doubleheader. Do you, now, today's a nine-inning game. If it's close, if the Brewers need the save, if... if the starting pitcher and the setup guy get him to the seventh inning, and it's Brewers lead four to three. Going into the eighth inning, who should the Brewers use out of the bullpen? If they're all in for that game, they use Devin Williams, then Josh Hader. If they're not all in for that game, then they don't use Devin Williams and Josh Hader. They try to create something, jerry-rig something, and use somebody else and save Hader and Williams for the doubleheader. I'll be fascinated. I will be very fast. I will be more interested in the Cardinals-Brewers game. If the Brewers take a slight lead to the eighth inning, I will be more interested in the Brewers game than I will be in the Cubs game because there will be some actual strategy going on. The Cub, if, if Darvish goes seven and says, okay, that's it, I'm tapped out, and the Cubs are up four to two, Cubs have a number of different ways they can go because they had last night off. They can use Jeffress in the eighth and hope to extend the lead and maybe use Wick in the ninth, maybe use uh, Kimbrell in the ninth, they could use someone else in the eighth. They could lefty-lefty, uh, righty-righty it through the eighth and use Jeffress in the ninth. There's any of various number of different ways the Cubs could possibly do it. But the Brewers, I have no idea. That would be educational. I would learn about Craig Council. I would learn about how much the Brewers value this season. And if 
something ends up happening with Devin Williams and Josh Hader because they get overused? Well, that was their decision. I'll be fascinated. I really hope the Brewers are ahead like 4-3 to three, going into the seventh inning and the starting pitcher and the first reliever are about done and the Brewers have to decide how to proceed. I will be fascinated. Either way, whichever team loses in the Cardinals-Brewers game, it helps the Cubs. Regardless which team loses in the Reds-Pirates game, it helps the Cubs. Though it helps more if the Pirates manage to win. At least something from that series. At least something. But, um, no, I, I have the numbers. Let's see. I, I drew them up. And they should be in front of me somewhere. If I take long enough to turn over the sheets of paper, here we go. Um, Cardinals 12, Brewers 8, Reds 7, Pirates 1. That's the division. The five other teams of interest, Mets 7, Giants 7, Rockies 6, Nationals 5, Diamondbacks 2. As those numbers drop to 0, the Cubs' likelihood for reaching the playoffs increases a little bit over the 99.9 that it's currently at. And the 99.9, that's legitimate. It's really hard to fathom seeing the Brewers and the Reds both being alive and contending for the Cubs spot in a week. Really difficult to see that, in part because they get to play the White Sox. The Brewers and the Reds do. So... I will be fascinated to see how the Brewers manage their bullpen today specifically and then tomorrow in the doubleheader. The Cardinals have their own concerns, including a guy in their bullpen that has a sore groin. I just really don't get that. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to people.